So let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you today for waking us this morning. Realize, Father, that somebody didn't wake up. We thank you for waking us up, clothed in our right mind and activities of our limbs. Thank you, God, for somebody this morning is not able to move. But God, you've graced us and brought us into this house on today. Not for form or fashion, but one to praise you and to glorify your holy name. And then we come to hear your word, for it is your word that gives us life. It is your word that we need in times of trouble. So Father, we thank you today for your word. And we just pray that your word will go forth on today, that it will be received by your people, that their hearts and minds have been prepared for this word, that will truly help propel them into the destiny that you have in store for them. So we thank you, Father. I pray that I may decrease, that you may increase. May you think through my mind and speak through my mouth a word that will truly change the hearts of your people on today. I yield my members. I yield my mind, my lips unto you on today. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place that you will get the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can you just put your hands together one more time for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's house this morning. Amen. I'm a little uh, emotional probably this morning. I, as I woke up, I kind of thought about that this is really the last Sunday that we would quote the Faith Tabernacle Ministry. That on next week when we enter into the doors that we will be Faith City. I think about 19 years we've been under that particular name and you know now God is transitioning us and as we will look at next week there is an importance of a name shift. God does nothing by happenstance. As God shifts names he shifts responsibilities. He shifts assignments. Uh, well we'll deal with that next week. Glory to God. But last Sunday, I began a message entitled, An Opportunity of a Lifetime. An Opportunity of a Lifetime. And if you would this morning, I would like to continue in that same vein and kind of add to that particular message, and you can title it part two if you like. But we said that, we looked at Leonard Ravenhill's quote, and he said, the opportunity of a lifetime needs, needs to be seized during the lifetime of the opportunity. And we talked about the fact that what he was literally saying here is that there is a duration on opportunities. That God has seasons and times for each and every one of us and it behooves us to know those seasons and times that we would seize them, that God opens them so that we could walk in them and not let them pass. And we said the opportunity is an amount of time or set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. So we began looking at Numbers 14 and we looked at the children of Israel who had an opportunity of a lifetime. They, God had positioned them. He had presented a set of circumstances 
that would make them possible to enter into the very land by which he had promised. He had promised them some things. He had given them some expectations. And a little of, of that backdrop is that most of us know that the children of Israel, that they were enslaved for 400 years. And they were crying out to God, and God came through, as he always does. He may not come when we want him, but when he comes through, it's right on time. So as the children of Israel begin to cry out to God in that 400-year span, he sent a man by the name of Moses, a deliverer. And he sent him to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, through the wilderness, into the very destiny by which he had promised for them. Because he told them in Exodus 3 and 17, he says, And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hitt Hivites, and uh, the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. So he tells them specifically, I've got something for you. I'm going to change your condition. I'm going to change your environment. I'm going to put you in a place that will be a blessing for you. Isn't that a good thing? And he gives Moses instructions. He gives Moses instructions and tells him to send 12 men to scout out the land of Canaan. And as they went and scouted out, their purpose was to bring back proof that what God said was true. Well, the 12 men go out, they scout out the land, and when they return, Joshua, two of them, Joshua and Caleb, two out of the 12, they, they came back with a report that it is as God said. Not only did he come back with a word, but he brought evidence. He brought evidence of large fruit and vegetables that specified or, or, or that proved that God is a God of his word. How many know that God is a God of his word? Everything that he says, we can believe what he says. So two of them come back with a good report. And they reported that it is as God said. And ten of them come back, on the other hand, with a bad report. It was a bad report, I said, because it went against what God had promised. Anytime we go against the word of God and what God has promised for our life, that is a bad report. So here are the 10 and they come back and they said that we're not able to, to take the land. He tells them that there are some giants there and, the, the, uh, the, the, and we cannot take the land. Matter of fact, uh, in one verse he said that they would consume our families, our wives and our children because they are giants. So here are 10 men that come back with a bad report and because of their bad report, the children of Israel missed out on an opportunity of a lifetime. I don't know if you've ever missed out on an opportunity of a lifetime. I don't know if you've ever had circumstances and situations come your way and you doubted it and you failed to lay hold to it and uh, uh, later you wish you had uh, taken advantage of it. Well, here are the children of Israel. They let 10 individuals cause them to miss out on an opportunity of a lifetime. Because they failed to seize this opportunity, understand a million plus died in the wilderness. A million plus. 
people died because they failed to lay hold to what God had promised. Millions never reached their destiny because they listened to somebody else. I'll deal with that in a minute. But this morning, I, I want to look at four things as it pertains to seizing opportunities. The first thing I want to look at is that when it comes to seizing opportunities, the first thing that has to happen is a shift in your thinking. You got to shift your thinking. It was Solomon in Proverbs 23 and 7 that says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Solomon is trying to get us to understand that you can never be more than you think. Yeah, it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks about you, but what do you think about yourself? What do you see in the mirror? What, what do you see yourself accomplishing? What do you see yourself doing? Where do you see yourself at? And if you never see yourself there, more likely you'll never lay hold to it. Because your thinking can either crown you or it can cripple you. Mm, your thinking. That's why the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12 and 2, he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind. Paul is trying to get us to understand that the world tries to limit us. Yeah, the world tells you what you can't do. The world will tell you what you can't have, what you can't achieve. The world will tell you you can never be no better than your history. You can never be no better than your mother or your father. The world will tell you that the color of your skin will hinder you. Uh, <laughs> so we got to be careful not to allow the world's mentality to control us. But as we go through our lives, our mind has to be transformed. There has to be a continual renewing is what the Apostle Paul is telling us. A continual renewing because if not, we'll never reach the potential that God has for our lives. Yeah, I don't know about you, but God has got some things in store for me. Well, let me talk to this side. <laughs> God has got some things in store for you. And you got to be able to see it yourself. You got to be able to, to see it and lay hold to it and understand that God desires more for you many times than we really desire for ourselves. Uh, so the truth is nothing. The truth is that nothing changes until your thinking changes. Yeah, you can change your clothes <laughs> and still have the same thinking. You can change your location and still have the same thinking. I, I don't know. I, I just know some people that have moved. That, you know, they've moved into a nice apartment or a nice house. And, you know, you thought that once they moved that, you know, things would change. And, you know, maybe they were nasty before they moved. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me. Yeah, you, you thought that they, when they got a new place that things were going to change and, uh, they went from nasty there to nasty here. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's because their mind never changed. And that's the problem. Even a person that hits the lottery, understand, it is said that they more, most of them go broke 
Why? Because even though they got money, their mind never changed. And see, to have or to be wealthy, your mind got to change. To be successful, your mind got to change. To lay hold to what God has destined and purpose for your life, understand your mind's got to change. So here are the children of Israel. And the reason that the whole generation died in the wilderness is because they came out of Egypt physically, but didn't come out mentally. Mm. In other words, their body came out, but their mind was still in prison in Egypt. It's a bad thing to, to come out, but your mind don't come out. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad thing to, 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 to step into a place, but yet be unable to enjoy the fullness of it because there's something about that's holding your mind that won't let you enjoy the very place that God desires for you to be. Yeah, can I suggest to you that that's what's wrong with many Christians today? They get saved, but their thinking never changes concerning the potential that not, that's now available for the children of God. Can I suggest to you that there's some great things available for the child of God. There, there are some great things available for the believer, the one that understands that uh, if God be for you, he's more than the whole world against you. Yeah, there are some great opportunities for the believer. A lot of Christians are going to heaven, but never have heaven come to earth. <laughs> it is because their thinking never shifted. And a lot of times we're limited or we limit ourselves based upon no reference point. Yeah, and that's what happened to the children of Israel. They, they had no reference point. For 400 years, understand, they had been enslaved. Their grandparents, their great-grandparents, their, their parents had been enslaved, and they had never seen uh, what it was like to uh, enjoy uh, the, the promised land that God had available to them. And because of that, understand, they never released themselves to enjoy it. Yeah. Isn't it something when... We, we, we allow our, our past many times to cripple us and keep us from laying hold to what God has promised. Though grandmother didn't get there, though mama didn't get there, understand we have to realize that if God tells us that we're going to get to a place and that he's promised us something, it doesn't matter about our past. It doesn't matter uh, about what grandma didn't do or mama or daddy didn't do. If God has promised you, you got to understand if God said it, yeah, then it is so. So we got to understand this, regardless of our past, regardless of having no reference that God, that, that no reference in our life, we got to trust the word of God. We got to trust him. So God brought the children of Israel out with a purpose. God had a purpose for them. And it wasn't to die in the wilderness. It wasn't to die, it wasn't to, 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 to die on the brink of what he had promised them. And I want to suggest to you this morning that many of us in here have a purpose. That the reason why you're still alive, the reason why God allowed breath in your body and activities of your limbs and you're not dead yet is because there's a purpose and a plan that God has for your life. Yeah, he's got a purpose and a plan. Do you realize that <laughs> when you were conceived that there were up to... A hundred million sperm rushing toward the egg. 
I mean, you had one in a million chances to be born, but you made it. <laughs> I mean, why did God choose you? Why did God pick you out among all those other uh, uh, things? Why, why did he pick you? Why did he choose you? Why are you here today? Yeah, I, I, I want to suggest to you this morning that it's more than getting high, more than getting drunk. Yeah, more than finding a job. Yeah, more yeah, than, than, than finding a good job and getting paid. More, more than, than just working for 30 years and retiring and, 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 and dying. Yeah, I want to suggest to you that God birthed you for a difference. Yeah, to be a difference in somebody else's life, to make a difference in the world that God has chosen you among all those other sperms and eggs that died. God chose you. Mm. That's why it's so important that we have to really look at our lives and analyze our lives and realize that this is nothing to play with, that God has a plan and purpose for our lives. And as he opens opportunities, understand those opportunities are for us to walk in the plan and purpose that he has for our life to reach the destiny by which he's called for us. Yeah, the way to reach your destiny is by seizing opportunities. Yeah, by seizing opportunities. But you'll never make it if we never seize the opportunities that God has provided. The giants that Israel faced were not the giants of Anak or Anak. But can I suggest to you it was the giants that were in their thinking. Can I suggest to you that our greatest battle, our greatest challenge... It's not anybody on the exterior. But can I suggest to you that the greatest challenge, the greatest battle that you will ever fight is right here. Yeah. If you can win this battle, then you can accomplish a lot of things. If you can win this battle, understand, you can achieve what man says that cannot happen if you just win this battle. Yeah. Win this battle. How many times have we lost this battle? Hmm. How many times have we let our thinking hinder us from laying hold to the plan and purpose that God has planned for our lives? So the first thing is that you got to seize the to see the opportunity, you got to shift your thinking. The second thing that has to happen is that you got to listen to the right people. Hmm. You got to listen to the right people. If the children of Israel had to listen to Joshua and Caleb, understand they would have been able to enjoy the promised land that God had destined for them. But because they listened to the other ten, they died in the wilderness. Never laying hold to the purpose and plans. I would hate to die and never lay hold to the very reason that God birthed me. Oh. I, I, I would hate for the potential that he has put inside of me to go to waste. So we got to make sure that we're listening to the right people. They would have enjoyed a land flowing with milk and honey, but instead they listened to the wrong people and it cost them their destiny. Their, your thoughts are what you feed them. 
Yeah, your thoughts are what you feed them. If you feed them positive things, you're going to have positive thoughts. You feed them negative things, you're going to have some negative thoughts. If you're around people who always talk negative, guess what? You're going to be negative. So we got to be careful who we're around. The company that we keep is very important because negative speech breeds negative thoughts. I mean, here were 10 individuals that uh, allowed their voices to carry and their voices affected many of people. It spread like a cancer that hindered them from what God had promised them. 10 people affected millions. That's why Solomon said in Proverbs 18 and 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat the, eat the fruit or eat its fruit. So understand whatever we say, understand that's what we're going to eat. So if we talk negative, we're going to eat a, a lot of negative stuff. But if we talk positive, understand we're going to reap some good things in life. So we got to be careful how we talk and, and, and who we allow to pour into us because, yeah, yeah, we have to ask ourselves, what are the people around us saying? Is it always negative? Yeah. Do they talk about what they can't do or what they can't have? Do you always talk about being broke? What people are saying around you will either empower you or it will drain you. I don't know if you've ever been in conversation with people and, I mean, you were chipper. <laughs> I mean, you were happy. Things were going well before you got entangled in that conversation. But when you left, it felt like that you were in a fight. They just sucked the life out of you, the joy out of you. You, you, you had great plans and great promises. You, you, you know, you went to them to tell them about what you were going to do and what you were going to accomplish. And they begin to talk about, well, you know, your mama didn't do it. Your daddy didn't do it. You can't do it. You can't accomplish it. And all of a sudden, your high changed when you left. So we got to be careful what we allow to enter into our ears. We, we have to be careful. Just think if a, a pigeon is around eagles long enough, understand, it will begin to stick its chest out and flap its wings and think that it can fly like the eagle. But if the eagle is around some pigeons, understand he's going to lose what he has. My question to you, are you around Pigeons or eagles? Yeah. What kind of company are you keeping? Are you around people that challenge you? Are you around people that are going to push you and encourage you? Or are you around those that, yeah, they don't want you to accomplish anything because they're not accomplishing anything. They don't want to see you rise to the top. No, because they're not willing to rise to the top. They don't want to see you accomplish what God has destined and purposed for your life. So they're always making excuses. We got to be around people that encourage us and build us up and empower us. Mm. Yeah. So who, who are you listening to? Because people will try to drain you. Yeah, we got to be careful 
I mean, people will try to keep you from your destiny, whether it be the teacher who tries to label you, you know, I, well, I ain't going to tell that testimony, yeah, or the banker who doesn't believe in your vision, yeah, or the co-worker who, who talks to you, talk, tries to talk you out of the next step of your career, you know, they've been working on that job for 20 years. They've had many opportunities to advance, but they're comfortable. Yeah, they're, they're comfortable right where they are. They, they don't want any challenges. They don't want anything to shake their boat. So understand that they, they can't speak into your life about advancing and about changing your career, about even leaving that position and going and opening up your, uh, a, a new business. They, they can't speak to that because they're, they're stuck in the condition that they're in. Yeah, or even the family member who believes that you can be no better than them. Yeah, let me, let me pause right here. I know my time is ticking, but let me pause. We, we have to be careful even how we talk to our children. Yeah, I, I can remember as a child, you know, just, you know, I mean, we hear children that talk about they want to be astronauts and, you know, they want to own their own businesses and they want to do all these other things. But if we're not careful, we will hinder their destiny yeah because if they believe that they can do it understand they will work towards that thing but if we begin to tell them that they can't and they we're going to face this challenge and that challenge understand it may cause them to turn from what God has destined for their life to settling with just anything yeah because we're raising a generation now I'm, I'm here to tell you that they can be astronauts yeah, they, they, they can be philanthropists. They can, they can own their own businesses. They don't have to work 30 years for somebody else. No, they can own their own businesses and somebody work for them. Now these, this is the mentality that we have to have this day and time so that we can encourage this next generation. No, our parents told, well, my mom, my mom and daddy told me, you know, you get, go to school, get a good job, and, you know, everything will be all right. Yeah, I got some witnesses in here. Yeah, but lo and behold, if I'd have had a different mentality, I believe that I could accomplish a little more thing than I did if I'd only had somebody that was pushing and encouraging me and letting me know that the sky is the limit. Mm. So we got to be careful. Oh, my time. <laughs> so the first thing we got to do uh, when it comes to season of opportunity is to shift your thinking, to listen to the right people, and thirdly, is to make an effort. Make an effort. The children of Israel, uh, understand, trusted in what they saw instead of what God said. <laughs> yeah. And see, God does not want us to cower or to, to cower at the sight of giant opportunities. He does not want us to back up. I'm reminded, he even tells Joshua, you know, that next generation, after those other ones died in the wilderness, fast forward 40 years, and he tells Joshua, as he begins to prepare them to pass over, he tells them to be strong and courageous. Yeah, why does he tell them that? Yeah, not only were they going to need it, but he tells them that because the other generation failed to be strong and courageous. The other generation were at the brink of their promise, were at the brink of what God was trying to bring them into, but they got scared. They cowered back. He tells Joshua, 
Now I want to make sure that you don't miss this. I don't make sure, I want to make sure that you don't have to spend another 40 years wandering around the mountain, failing to enter into the promises of God. I came to tell somebody in here that God does not want you to go another year wandering around, doubting his promises, missing out on opportunities. No, God wants you in 2020 to seize every opportunity that he brings your way. Uh, uh, so the children of Israel understand they refuse to make the effort even when God told them that he had given the land. Even when God, not, 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 I'm talking about God, the creator of the universe. God told them that he had given them this, but they failed to listen. I, I like what Winston Churchill said. He says, continuous effort, not strength or intelligence, is the key to unlocking our potential. He tells us continuous effort means we got to continually do. We got to continually move. We, we can't settle. We, 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 uh, uh, we, we just can't uh, uh, relax. Uh, uh, because when God opens a, a window of opportunity, many times we've missed it because we've been relaxed. <laughs> yeah, and not continuously moving. What would happen if we continued to move and continue to do the things that God had planned for our lives? It's amazing what the things could happen in our lives. I like what Dr. Norman Vincent Peale said. He says, hope is wishing for a thing to come true. Faith is believing it will come true, but working is making it come true. In other words, you got to do something. We just can't sit around and wait on it to happen. Yeah, and I know we think that, you know, all we got to do is just pray and God will, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll just fall right there. We pray about one thing and all of a sudden it'll be knocking on our door the next. But understand, God's got a part and we got a part. God always does his part. And many times he's waiting around for us to catch up with him to do what he's called us to do and the thing about it that if the devil can keep you doing nothing it doesn't matter what God has promised if the devil can keep you silent if the devil can keep you still if the devil can keep you doubting if the devil can keep you questioning God understand it doesn't matter anything that God has promised for your life God promised Noah. You remember Noah? He told Noah that I'm getting ready to destroy every human creature. He said, but what you need to do is you need to prepare an ark. Told him how to prepare it. But we read nowhere where God picked up a nail, slung a hammer. We don't read nowhere. He gave Noah instructions and waited on Noah to do something. And can I tell you that God gives us instructions and many times he's waiting on us to do something. Whew. Oh, my time. So God provides the opportunity, but we have to do something to seize it. The last thing is, so, so the first thing that we got to do is we got to shift your thinking. You got to listen to the right people. You got to make an effort. And lastly, you got to exercise your faith. 
You got to I told you last week that when the children of Israel understand that they got it brought them through the Red Sea and they they had seen the the liquid walls collapse over their enemy and they got on the other side and they began to praise God and Miriam grabbed the tamarind and she began to prophesy about what God was going to do in their future somewhere between what God had promised and the fulfillment of that promise unbelief crept in. How often have we been so excited about what God was going to do? Telling others about what God was going to do. But somewhere between his promise and the fulfillment of his promise, we begin to doubt what God has said. Here are the children of Israel. They, 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 the reason that they went up is because, understand, they believed that they could do it initially, but when they came back, somewhere in the transition, we got to be careful. God said he, he gives every man a measure of faith, and it's the faith that we have to protect. It is Jesus that said, I, I, I prayed for you that your faith fail not, because that's what the enemy is after. He's after your faith. He understands that if you don't have faith to put with God's word, then it will never come to pass in your life. But if you can take faith woo, and mix it with the word of God, you can begin to see God's destiny being revealed right before your very eyes. Yeah, the challenge of the giants caused them to doubt. And every opportunity, understand, you're going to have some giants. And that's what we got to really come to resolve with is that every opportunity that God opens up for us, there are going to be some giants. There are going to be some things that try to stand in our way from laying hold to what God has promised for us. And the moment that we realize that and settle in and understand that this thing is not going to be easy, but if God said it and I trust him and I have the faith, understand I'm going to get what God has promised. Uh, so in every opportunity, understand there are going to be some fear and there are going to be uh, some fear and some doubt, but that fear is a, a human emotion. But faith conquers fear. The moment that you exercise faith, can I tell you that fear disappears and giants are defeated. The moment David began to whirl that slingshot, <laughs> woo, the moment that he conceived in his mind that he could slay Goliath, understand Goliath had no chance against David. Can I tell you that the moment that you believe what God has said, the moment, hallelujah, that you uh, stir up the faith that God has put inside of you to believe, to lay hold to what he's promised for your destiny, there is no opposition that can stand against you. There is no giant. There is no problem. There is no person that can stand against you and what God has promised. Oh, and see the thing about faith is that it says, I believe what God has already done. <laughs> yeah, can I tell you that God is not doing anything else? That when he said it is finished, he says, so Jeremiah, when I form you, he says, I, I, I prepared really the end before I did the beginning. In every one of our lives, God has already done the end work <laughs> well well let me help you uh, remember uh, uh let's see remember uh joshua now remember joseph 
Yeah, remember Joseph? God gave Joseph a glimpse of the future. Well, the reason that he could give him a glimpse of the future, because the future was already done. <laughs> That's what a vision is. Anytime you see a vision, it's, it's not what God is going to do. Uh, no, it's not what God is thinking about doing, but it's what he's already done. Oh, oh my God. So, so, so that's what faith does. Faith says, I believe what God has already done. If the children of Israel had to believe that God had already given them the land, they wouldn't have let giants stop them. I wonder how many times and how many chances in our lives that God has given us a glimpse of what he's going to do or what he's already done. And many a times we fall to unbelief because we don't trust him yeah we don't trust him yeah God wasn't calling Israel into something that he was going to do but he had already done it because faith brings what God has already done in the supernatural to the natural in other words faith is the bridge by which what God has done in heaven to get it to earth and if you never exercise faith you never release the bridge by which it's going to bring what God has destined for your life. I don't know who I'm talking to in here, but God has got some plans and purposes for your life. He's got some promises. He's got some destinies that he wants to release into your life. But it's not until you release your faith will you lay hold to what God has promised. Oh, see, God will never ask you to do something that he's not already given you the ability to do. Every time God asks us to do something, understand we have it within us. When God told my time, when God told Abraham, when God told Adam, he said, I want you to, to replenish the earth. Understand he had already put inside of Adam everything that he needed to bring about every other human being. It was already in Adam. Yeah, God didn't have to do anything. You think about an apple. Yeah, in order for an apple to turn or produce understand God had to put something in the apple uh, in order for it to produce in other words he gave it what it needed to have in order to produce already he gave him the seed yeah yeah so inside of even us is everything that God had destined and purpose for our lives we just gotta tap into it we just gotta get it out and let it be released glory to God so that these things can come to pass in our lives I'm finished why 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 should Israel have trusted God I mean why should we trust him today I, I, I mean why 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 should they have trusted him why why should we trust him uh, can I tell you just a few things because after all his word is true <laughs> yes his word is true and let Every man be a liar. <laughs> he said his word won't return back to him void. Heaven and earth will pass away uh, before it return. Glory to God. Can I, can I tell you? It's because he does not lie. Uh, 
yeah, yeah. Uh, nowhere do I do I find in scripture that God lies. Everything that he promised came to pass. Glory to God. And can I tell you that everything that he's spoken over your life, if you trust him, it will come to pass. Oh, yeah. I don't care what problem. I don't care what situation may come your way. But if you just believe God and believe God in his word, I don't care what mama said. I don't care what daddy said. I don't care what they say in the world. But if you trust God, understand it will come to pass. Uh, can I tell you that he's a faithful God? Uh, he's a faithful God. Every time I turn around, he's faithful. Every time I turn around, when I need him, he comes through. I wish I had a witness in him. That you might have needed him in the midnight hour. And in the midnight hour, he came through. You might have needed him to heal your body. And he healed your body. And he came through. Can I tell you something else? That he's an almighty God. Uh, yeah, he's an almighty God. The last time I checked, he's an almighty God. That nothing can stand in between him. Glory to God. That whatever he says, it is so. Can I tell you that he created all things? Uh, I'm talking about the God of the universe. I'm talking about the God that spoke into nothing. And the earth was formed. The God that called out the sea uh, with the palm of his hands. The God that peeled uh, up the mountains and propped up. Uh, glory to God. The, 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 the mountains. I'm talking about the God that hung the moon and the stars. The God that divided the firmaments. I'm talking about the God that healed the sick. The God that raised the dead. I'm talking about your God, my God. He's able to do all things. Can I get a witness in the building? I'm talking about woo, He is Lord. That means He's powerful. That means He has all the authority. That means heaven and earth. Glory to God. He has all power in heaven and in earth. Yeah, yeah, the Bible said that he rose from the grave, walked the earth, went down to hell, took the keys, set the captives free. That's the God that I'm talking about. Because he is that God, every opportunity that he sends your way, understand it will come to pass. The last time I checked, he's the beginning and the end. The last time I checked, uh, he says, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Now, he doesn't want you to have a frivolous life. Now, he don't want you to just to be going here and there. But God has got some great things in store for you. He's got some destiny 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 for you. And because of that, when every opportunity comes, you ought to seize it. God never opens an opportunity just for nothing. Every door that he opens, he intentionally opens it so that you can walk through it. What kind of God? Uh, well, what kind of parent had a child that prayed for something? And would just dangle it in their face. What kind of what kind of what kind of parent is that? Not a good one. So what kind of God do we serve? God does not open the door and dangles it before our very eyes. He only opens the door to let us know that it's yours. It's yours. Seize it. I came to tell somebody. 
in 2020 that God is getting ready to open some doors. We heard the message translation say he flings it open. He flings it open for you to walk through. I don't know what opportunity is going to come knocking. But there are going to be some opportunities in this year. Now, I thought about this. Earlier. I said, don't mind what's happening in the world. Because understand that there may be some shifts taking place in the world. I was talking to somebody the other day. I was talking about, well, you know, all this disease and all this stuff going around. The stocks are falling. He said, interest rate probably getting ready to drop. Can I tell you that's an opportunity? So don't, don't, don't worry about what's happening in the world. Because many times when the world shifts to negative, God raises up his people. He has to do that because he's showing the benefit, the blessing of being connected to him versus the world. Oh. So don't worry about what you might see. Don't worry about what you might hear on the news. Don't worry about what they say. Like Israel worried about what the ten said. But you trust God. No matter what. If the door open and everybody else is saying don't walk through it. If everybody else is saying that it's a challenge there, can I tell you that that may, that's the one you need to walk through. Because everybody can't see what God has planned for your life. And I believe that God is even positioning us as a church. I, I, I believe that that door of opportunity to open for the building next door, renovations have started on it. I believe that God is positioning us to help others lay hold to their destiny. That that door of opportunity is just not for us, but it's to help those around us to come into a relationship with a good, good father. Because the world has treated them all kind of ways. But there's a God that loves them in spite of what they've done, in spite of who they are, in spite of what they didn't do and what they couldn't accomplish. That there's a God that has a brighter future in store for them. So opportunities are coming your way. You hear that? Somebody ought to receive that, right? Opportunities are coming your way. And I know somebody in here said, well, I'm... I'm I'm old now. Can I tell you that opportunities work for you too? The man from McDonald's and who was that? Ray Kroc from KFC. Them, them cats were old, weren't they? I mean, based upon the world, you know, they were 60s. You know, about time, you think you're about time to hang things up. About time to retire. About, you know, but can I tell you that 
you just where God wants you to be? That even in your latter years, he said he'll make you ladder. Y'all ain't going to help me. Greater. So now ain't, ain't the time to throw in the tower. Now ain't the time to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm old. I, I've done about all I can do. The devil is a lie. Glory to God. I, I, I'm, I'm 50. What? <laughs> 51. Glory to God. And, and, and I'm telling you, I believe that my ladder is going to be greater. I believe the best is yet to come. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I, I'm not going to walk around talking about how sad I am, how old this body feels. The devil is a lie. Glory to God. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to do everything that I can that I'm supposed to do because I believe that God's got more in store for me and I believe he's got more in store for you. And I believe that he's got more in store for us as a church. Oh, my God. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither had it into the heart of man. The things. Y'all hear me? I said the things. The things that God has in store for you.